Welcome to the Apple Sports Cover 2 Podcast, the We Know What We Don't Know Camp Tour 2019. Mitch Light, Braden Gall here, ACC edition here on the program. You can follow us on Twitter at AthlonMitch, at Braden Gall. Rate, review, and subscribe. Podcast at AthlonSports.com is the email address as we continue our, our version of a camp tour as we do our conference previews and sort of ask questions about things we don't know. That we know what we don't know. At least we know what we don't know, Mitch. And for, there's a lot we matter. don't know. There's so much. That's the beauty of college football, right, is the turnover and the uncertainty of college football. That's why, and we've talked about this, I know every college fan looks forward to the season. And it's, it's a great sport. We all love it. But part nature of the beast, there's nothing going on all summer. Like if you're a huge, you know, NBA fan or whatever, you've, you've got college football or you've got pro football to, to tide you until it starts. Like this, you know, baseball's fine, but there's really nothing going on. Point being is like we talk about this all summer as college football fans and media. It's just when we actually have data after week one. That's why we overreact so much because we've talked about it so much and then mm-hmm. something happens. We're like, oh, maybe Utah's not going to win the national championship because they only beat BYU by seven. So um, that was kind of rambling. That's why I, really, I was going to say I, this. I, the, how, many, how, many, how many teams lose in the first month and a half of the season and then go on to never lose again? And we're like, oh, we wrote them off. Like, yeah, yeah. I think we wrote off Ohio State when they won the national championship in 2014 yeah, after they yeah. lost to Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I was probably one of them. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's the most overreactive sport. Yeah, it's great. And it's just because we just, we, we're so starved for information, for actual things to happen. Here's what I don't know about the ACC. I don't know. if Does is, is Clemson have any good players? I don't know. Um, the re- receiver that Ross kid's okay, and the quarterback with the long hair is a good football player. He's got a chance. I He's don't, got a chance to have some arm talent. I don't know what Mr. Ross's parents were thinking spelling his name incorrectly, but whatever. Um, no, here's, what I, here's, when I, here's my question about Clemson. I want to start with Clemson. See, when, when I start off, I go with like a Mississippi State or a Kansas. I know. I, no, I'm going big. I'm I know. going big. Because, frankly, I love, the, <laughs> yeah. I love the ACC, but... You don't have to preface it. You, after, can, say mean, you can say mean things. After Clemson, there's not a whole lot... To, there, to, there from a national championship top 10-ish caliber there's a lot of intrigue i like a lot of these teams and i think there's going to be a lot of fun games in the acc if you like teams ranked in the 20s and the 30s you like the acc if you like four and four <laughs> <laughs> records in conference this is your league we've got the league for you right here here's my question about clemson because i don't have any questions really about how good they are in the conference in the division i don't have questions really about their schedule here's my question about clemson that i don't know I think I know everything else. Can the new defensive line dominate Alabama in the national title game? So that's we're just it. forgetting the season. That's it. I'm forgetting everything else. That's it. Because that's part of what won them the game, the coaching staff, but really that great defensive line dominated Alabama or Georgia, whatever team they may play, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, whoever you want to put in that game. Clemson's in the national championship game or a playoff game. Can that new defensive line are they good enough to dominate the way they did in the national championship Do- game in Notre Dame? Dominate's too strong of a word. Hold their own? I, I thought Jonah Williams got abused, but that's okay. No, I'm not saying that they didn't dominate. Can they dominate? I think, I I think it's too much to ask a new defensive line to dominate in Alabama or Georgia. But my point being, they don't need to dominate. They're, they're maybe better elsewhere than they were last year. They're better offensively, so they don't need to dominate. My question was, and really... We've been asked a lot why we picked Alabama over Clemson after saying we flipped a coin. The two things I go to, it's hard to repeat in the defensive line, not the talent level, the leadership on the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, can, can, they, can they replace that? The leadership from a group that took Dabo Sweeney's message at the beginning of the season as you have a chance to be the greatest senior class in ACC history, Clemson history, and then as it turned out, as they got closer to the end of the year, 
NCAA history, and they have they're the the first ever team that went fifteen and zero. They're the first ever team that they have the most wins of any senior class. They won two national championships. They went to the playoff four years in a row. Like this is that was the most successful collection of defensive linemen ever. It may be any school in the history of mankind. So mankind, mankind, maybe the 07 Giants, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> so, but that's the point, though. Like to me, the only question I have about Clemson is, and that I don't know is. Their elite level status against an elite level opponent when a national title is hanging in the balance. I don't really ask any questions about Clemson up until that point because it's not like Alabama where they've got Georgia or Michigan and Ohio State or Oklahoma and Texas, Utah, Oregon, Washington. There's not a comp, there's not a contender in the ACC to beat them. And we'll in, talk in, about in the league. And maybe we should transition to this team. There's only one team that's you know Syracuse was the only team that looked like it belonged on the field with them last year and down in, in uh, at. Clemson in, in two years ago beat them, and, and that's a huge early season game. But the fact that we're talking about Syracuse, and we we both love Syracuse and think they're the second best team, or I think they're the second best team in the league, but it's not really a good sign for the ACC right now that a sort of rebuilding Syracuse is the second best team. And my, my, my Syracuse question is, are you ready? To, you, yeah, let's okay. go. I mean, there's nothing else. What yeah. else? It's like Alabama. It's like, what else do you we're say? trying like, to, like, Alabama, yeah. you know, maybe depth at linebacker. I mean, that's really where we are with these teams. So my, 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 Pete my, Goulding is young. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. He's got a good beard. Nice. Yeah. I shaved my beard. Um, you look very handsome. Though. Thank you. Um, Syracuse, can, can the Syracuse running game pick up the slack? Because last year, Eric Dungy averaged 12 carries a game, non-sack carries, so actual carries, 6.1 yard average. DeVito, Tommy DeVito, not really as mobile. Team still ran the ball well because, in part, because of Dungy. Mo Neal is back. So can they pick up the slack in the running game to give the offense some balance? That's what I'm looking for. See, I go the opposite direction with Syracuse. Uh, they, they improved from 6.4 yards per play on defense two years ago to 5.8 last year. They gave up 32 points per game on defense two years ago, 27 last year. They have seven starters back with Brian Ward as the coordinator on defense. I trust Dino Babers. I trust Tommy DeVito. They're going to score a boatload of points. They even scored points last year in two of their losses against Clemson and Pittsburgh. They scored a bunch of points. It wasn't the offense that's ever going to be the problem for Dino Babers. I don't have a question about the offense. What I don't know about is can the defense continue the trend? They showed improvement last year, but to be truly a top 20 team, you're going to have to be better on that side of the ball. Seven returning starters. What does Brian Ward do on that side of the ball? To me, that's what makes Syracuse you know, a, a team that can have staying power in the ACC, they can always put up points under Dino Babers. Right. I'm not worried about that. It's the other side of the ball for Syracuse for me. Right. And, and they, they gave up 36 to Notre Dame at the end of the year. Right. They weren't even close. Right. They, that was a big – a big that game was hype, much hyped, and Notre Dame just ran them off the field. Yeah. Their defensive line should be pretty good. A little concern offensive line because, remember, Dungy got banged up a lot earlier in his career. You know, you, you can – make things look better than they are but you know if you just look at their schedule they lost to the national champs Clemson they lost to the division champs Pittsburgh in overtime and they lost to both uh, on the road and they've lost to another playoff team Notre Dame now if you want to dive a little deeper in a neutral field by the way in, right. in uh, right. Yankee Stadium right? they got ran off the field run off the field against Notre Dame and right. losing to Pitt in overtime while while it's on the road isn't yeah. even though they won the division not really something to brag about yeah. but they they had a very good season and they almost be Clemson on the road. I don't agree. I don't disagree with any of that. Okay. Um, so I, are they to you? Or are they the second best team? Not not potential. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? No, I think I would lean Virginia, but I, we, we have Syracuse but, uh, ranked twenty. 
Syracuse one, is ahead of them. Yeah. But I, I think you could honestly make the case for five or six teams yeah. to be number two. I mean, if you told me you think NC State – and these are all the questions we're going to get to here um, because I, there's a lot of teams I, I like. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go to NC State with, uh, with my question here because I, I think they have no more Ryan Finley, new quarterback. No more Eli Drinkowitz, no offensive coordinator, so new offensive coordinator. They lost their top two receivers to the NFL. They got a new running back. Both 1,000-yard guys. They lost a first-round center in Garrett Bradbury. So, essentially, the offense is entirely new. Dave Doran, they say the offense isn't going to change. They're going to spread it out. They're going to run the zone, the stretch zone, all that good stuff. So, what, what does the offense look like? I trust, actually, NC State defensively. They lose guys all the time the last couple of years and continue to develop talent they are the top recruiting team right now in the state of North Carolina. What does the offense look like with a whole new power structure all the way from new, the new court callers? Everything is new. For, I think they've got a NC funky state. little with, with George McDonald and Des Kitchings. I think they got a weird little system, uh, play calling system there. The co thing, I don't know. Yeah, Car- mm-hmm. NC State is has been a better program than Kentucky, but is this a program year for NC State? Sort of like we talked, it's a program year for Kentucky. We'll find out what kind of program they have. I, I thought last year was that because they had sent a record what seven players to the draft, and they and, still and came back, but they had now, uh, they, now they had they had Finley, they had the receivers back. Now I think they're fine with um, Emma Z and Thomas or whatever at wide receiver. I think they're going to be okay at wide receiver. It, but Drinkowitz, I think, was really underrated. I, I think Eli Drinkowitz was really underrated, and I think. Um, we'll see. I, I just think it's so much newness at all these critical positions on offense for NC State. Um, they have eight starters back on defense. I, that side has been pretty solid for them. They've they've been able to find and reproduce talent on the defensive side, pretty impressively actually for NC State. So I'm gonna I'm sort of just gonna say, all right, I'll give you guys sort of like Dino Babers. I'm gonna give you guys the benefit of the doubt. There's just so much newness on offense at every critical position. I don't know what the offense is gonna look like. What what does the shape and form look like? At every position, basically. So I'll, I'll be drafting receivers from NC State uh, in my fantasy league, but what's the rest of it look like? And yeah. I don't even think that that McKay is necessarily a guaranteed starter there. Yeah, no, I think it's it's open. I haven't heard it. It's still very early in camp. Yep. Haven't heard anything. Okay, I'm going to go Florida State. All right. How do you not ask about one position group? Well, no, Kendall <laughs> Bryles. Will Kendall Bryles hire save Willie Taggart's job? I think that's let's let's put the baggage aside. I'm going to read some stats here. 2017 FAU leads Conference USA 6.8 yards per play, 40 yards per game. He leaves 40 points per game. 40 points per game. Sorry, he lead leaves, goes to Houston. They drop to 6.2 yards per play and 31 points. FAU does. Yes, Houston on his arrival increases their scoring by 16 points per game in over a half a yard per game. He has been a very good play caller. Okay, and. They were not good at calling plays last year. Walt <laughs> Bell is now the head coach at UMass. I think this is an underrated hire that will hmm. – I don't know how long he'll be there, hmm. but there's so many issues at Florida State. I think whatever whatever they were, organization, lack of good play at the quarterback position, I think this is going to be a huge hire. I, I have so many questions about Florida State. Um the organization of the of the the program, the culture of the program, whatever you want to call it, under Willie Taggart, I think clearly is taking much longer to install than we thought it was going to be. We thought getting rid of the, you know, the hard nosed militaristic style of Jimbo Fisher to bring in the player friendly Willie Taggart was supposed to be this great thing, and it probably swung too far back the other direction, and now it needed to be reined in a little bit. 
I do think your question is fair because I think I wrote down Kendall Bryles' name as, as some of my bullet points here. Quarterback play is a huge issue. I think James Blackman should be the guy. I think he's more talented, but Alex Hornerbrook did not transfer to Tallahassee to just sit on the bench for his final season. And then I looked at our unit rankings, and I go, I just can't avoid this part of the team. The 14th-rated offensive line in the ACC. That's one of the big mysteries in college football. Florida State. Over the last five to seven years, yeah, how go, they're off further? Go, go for, so it's, I think the answer a long time ago was Rick Trickett. Big-time prospects did not want to play for Rick Trickett. He's a tough guy, hard guy to play for. Big-time offensive lineman didn't want to go play for him. He's been gone for a while. Yeah. So now what the heck? It's, it's crazy watching that team play and the talent they have elsewhere on the field and their ability to recruit. Because I think defensively, that one, they're, defensively one, they're going to be fine. One, that one position sabotages your entire offense. I, what the hell is the Florida State offensive line? It's the only question. I, like I, I agree with all the other points: quarterback, coordinator, culture. These are all fair questions to ask. I, I do want to know what the upside is for Florida State. I think kind of like USC, there's a high combustibility volatility factor here, but there's also a lot of talent, and, it, and they could be good too. So there's a, I think they're probably in that seven and five, eight and four range, and better than we think. But a lot of that's going to hinge on the offensive line. Don't you line. think an elite play caller can mask some deficiencies though in the offensive line? It, it's hard to, to your point. It's hard to mask deficiencies on the offensive line, even if, if you're if you the great. If you can't block, like, them. if you can't block, you can't run. If you can't block, you can't throw. Those are two important things in an offense, I think. You 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 know a lot about football. <laughs> Tell me about it. All right, you're next. No, I'm, oh, I'm next. Yeah, you're next. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to go. I'm going to go to North Carolina. Ooh. This is your off the board here because I want to tie it into NC State, and part of this is I want to see what the freshman class. And Mac Brown's young. There's a couple of redshirt freshmen that could start a lot and play a lot. Sam Howell could be the starting quarterback, a true freshman that was flipped from Florida State by Mac Brown. But more importantly, and this is more of a bigger picture question for North Carolina, NC State, and I just said this a few seconds ago, NC State has been the number one program on the recruiting trail in the state of North Carolina. Does North Carolina retake that mantle this year under Mac Brown? I think they've already made up huge ground very quickly. And I think by the end of the season, we could see – I don't think on the field is where you want to evaluate Mac Brown in North Carolina this year. So I'm evaluating them based on brand. How do they build the brand off, off the field on the recruiting trail like he did 30 years ago? Can he do it again? Is North Carolina the best football brand in state at the end of the year in recruiting? That's, that's what I don't know, and that's what I want to know about North Carolina. Good question. My, my hunch would say yes, that he can. It's not depth charty, but. Yeah. No, well, here, n- neither is this one. North Carolina. Over, under. On Mac Part Two, three point five years. I'm going over. I, I think. Um, I say. I say. Well, obviously, I think. How at about least four. who? Who is coaching longer at North Carolina? Mac Brown or Roy, or Roy, Roy Williams. Williams? I'll tell you after I find out how good Jerry Stackhouse is at, <laughs> at Vanderbilt. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> he's already been earmarked for the North Carolina job if he's any good. Uh, uh, I'd say I'll say over. I think four years probably sounds about right, but I wouldn't go past. If you gave me four and a half, I'd take the under for Mac Brown. I just I just want to see what I think he rebuilds the job and rebuilds the program, and then you know rides off into the sunset, and somebody takes the job. Okay, Scott Satterfield. Yeah, <laughs> should have hired him the first. <laughs> Maybe should have hired him this time. <laughs> Will Healy. Okay, uh, that Will Healy will be the next head coach in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, I've, I've already got the uh, I've already got the the pages set up for like three or four years <laughs> down the road to put his name in number one in on the magazine co- coaching hire. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh, your Pittsburgh Panthers. Ooh, I can like this Kenny one. Pickett emerge? Like we all loved him two years ago. Came off I don't know if he came off the bench in that game, but beat Miami 
on what Thanksgiving Friday, the day after, it was a big performance. Hard nosed kid. But last year they had two one thousand rushers, two one thousand yard rushers. They did not really need to throw the ball. Twelve touchdowns, six interceptions. His six point four yards per attempt were the second lowest among ACC starters. Can he emerge this year when they need to throw the ball a little bit more? That's what I'm asking about your Pittsburgh Panthers. I, I'm, uh, that's obviously a pretty big question. There's just not a lot returning around him. Only one starter back on the offensive line for Pittsburgh. Maurice French. Um, I yeah, that's too, that's the old capital F, lowercase f. Um, my the, my first question I jotted down for Pittsburgh was why do they keep playing such a difficult non-conference schedule? Because it feels like it's limiting them to like the seven and five range. And if they didn't play Penn State and UCF and Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame's in the contract, but right. if they didn't play those three, but they probably would have had a pretty good record last year, and and they lost, I believe, to all three of them. Yeah, and and then this year it's Ohio, the best team in the MAC, at Penn, Penn State, State and, and UCF. UCF. So I like that they're doing it. I like those games, but it then asks, then it creates the next question for me, which is, what is Pittsburgh under Pat Narduzzi? They had a couple eight win seasons. They got to the ACC championship game last year, but they haven't. They're a totally nondescript team. There's, I agree. There's just nothing sort of distinct about them like, and like a little sex appeal I, and by the way I love the, the the uniforms they wear when they play Penn State I want to see them wear those uniforms all the time just the the, the, the more true royal blue with the with the bright yellow and the gold I, I would want I want to see that um, I just I liked Kenny Pickett his first year he didn't show me as much last year I just kind of want to know what they are and I feel like a difficult non-conference schedule has kept me from understanding who they are they only have you know 10 starters back total yeah, so it's, it's, it's you know they, not a, they, they it's had not a great looking where, team where they were like wide receiver. You they're spitting guys out there, but like last year they they had two two running backs. You know, go for over eleven hundred yards, and I feel like no one really knows about that nationally. They're just like you said, yeah. just nondescript team. They win games. They don't win a ton of games. They, they're not bad. They're not great. Just, I think Mark Whipple's a nice. I think that I think you'll do a good job. So and so I, I agree. It's sort of about uh, quarterback play at that point. Yeah. Um, You're up. Oh, I'm up. Okay. Um, Louisville, how in the world did this happen? Yeah, my, my quick my question, how quickly can Scott Satterfield change the culture? Because they were, at the end of last year, maybe the worst, with all due respect to Kansas, maybe the worst no. Power 5 team in the last five years, at the end of the year. Their scores were, they were just getting routinely destroyed. You mean like Baylor 1990s bad? Baylor, Baylor 90s bad, Kansas... Baylor early, was it early two thousands too, and then Kansas pre RG three recently were the two of the worst. And Louisville just fifty six fifty six ten to Kentucky, fifty two ten to NC State, fifty four twenty three to Syracuse, seventy seven sixteen to Clemson, fifty six thirty five to Wake Forest. They gave up sixty six to Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that was terrible. And they these held, were out of held, control early. Held Boston College to thirty eight. Stingy. The, the amount of points you allowed in conference play last year in the last month and a half of the season is absurd. Uh, listen, I know we, we all know the stories about the answer to the question is sort of just Bobby Petrino, right. and, and I get that that's but the answer. But this is like Bobby Petrino squared. Like, it's just right, like, dropping more, leaving more cubed, grenades. Cubed. Yeah. Like, I don't, no relationships in state with recruiting. I, it's, it's inexplicable that Louisville could go from like a Heisman Trophy quarterback and maybe competing, quote-unquote, for a playoff spot to giving up literally on average 59 points a game for a month and a half that's a good question i don't even know how that's physically possible for the worst coach in history i don't know how that's possible let alone a guy who's pretty good and bobby petrino for listeners to chime in off the top of my head has a program fallen further 
quicker, more quickly, quicker than they have. They weren't the worst in the state of Kentucky last year. They beat Western. Western yeah. Kentucky was pretty bad last year. Did that Calvary thing? New, when your coach gets fired after the second year, you were pretty bad. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mike Sanford got fired. So the, it, it's hard to fall that far that right. quick. I just, how in the world? Yeah. All right. Um, I thank you for leaving Wake Forest for me. Oh, yeah. Showing the ro- proper respect. I had a tough time grappling with Wake Forest because I really l- like okay. some things and don't like some things. And I, Sam, Sam Hartman or Jamie Newman? At this point, last yeah. year, Sam Hartman wins the job. Plays relatively well, but then he gets hurt. Dave Clawson, love Dave Clawson. Keep the quarterback healthy. I don't think he's had a quarterback healthy throughout the yeah. year at, ever at Wake. He's also one of the longest tenured coaches yeah. in the ACC right now. Jamie Newman came in, bigger guy. Maybe he can not get hurt because he's bigger. Played well down the stretch. Offense is good. I, so, to me, it's just settling on a quarterback. But if there's any recent history, you know, suggests that they're going to need both guys. To me, the – the question about Wake Forest, and, and this is a lot of teams in the ACC because they're sort of these – they're really tough places to win, let's be honest. Boston College is a tough place to win. Um, Duke. Duke is a tough place to win. You know, Wake Forest is a tough place to win. So th- there is some difficulty sort of understanding upside. And I, I saw this stat in our magazine that 1948 was the last time that Wake Forest had four consecutive winning seasons. And they've, they've had three consecutive winning seasons going into this year. So Dave Clawson could accomplish something at Wake Forest that hasn't happened since basically World War II. And so to me, I, I like both those quarterback options. I actually don't really care who wins the job. I think both of them are, are capable starters. I love their offense. I like some of the weapons. I, I think they they run that speed, 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 speed. They run They're going to be many, all over the place. They run as many plays. as they, they, have, they have several games where they run over 100 plays. Right. And defensively, they're never going to have the players. They're just never going to have the guys to compete. So I, I think – my question is sort of like, is this the best it can get for Wake Forest? Because I know we saw Riley Skinner win a championship, and Dave Clawson will be quick to say, hey, that's in the past. We don't care about that. He's literally said that to me before. And, and so I, I think, is this really what we expect for Wake Forest? Is If you've got a winning record four straight years for the first time since 1948, that's about as good as you're going to get. Right, as, as an alum of a is that school, as, maybe that's the question. Is that as good as it can get for Wake uh, Forest? Well, you know, as an alum of a school with similar situation, that's fine. You know, going to bowl games and you know right. being consistently competitive and maybe a spike up to eight wins every once in a while. Um, now they do lose Greg Dortch, who was you know that that type of playmaker doesn't. I know they've been good on offense, but that that type of playmaker doesn't necessarily come through. You know, yeah, but Wake even, Forest all the time. But even back in, in even back in the days um, when Jim Grobe was leading them to those those good seasons, they they sort of just it's like a revolving door of like similar like slot receiver slash running backs, right? Like they're all kind of that little guy that can do a little bit of everything. And so I, I I'm not as worried about that with them this year. I think they've got some guys um, that that'll be good. Um, Sage Surratt, yeah, for was example, he on your fantasy be, team last good. year. Sage. I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. you would have known that you, yeah, I would, I'd you like, like your, you like your, I had, Ty, uh, I had your Tylen, dude, I had Tylen Wallace on my squad. I had uh Kalijah Lipscomb on the squad. I had, still can't believe you stole him from me. Corndog, Dwayne Haskins. Ber- we'll get to Bryce Perkins in a second. Yeah. But the love fest will begin momentarily. Okay. Um, since I drafted him in, in, I had him in my draft, by the way, just one, it wasn't a waiver wire pickup. That was a week one start. Anyway, again, you you know a lot about football. Um, you're, you're a football guy. Go on. Um, all right, my turn. Yeah, is that what we're doing now? I'm gonna go Boston College here. Okay. And you go, girl. The, the, we'll we'll discuss the depth chart. Did, I, did two, I say that out that's, loud? That's fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't again. <laughs> if I, if <laughs> Ever. I, if I was you. Um. So there, 
like is Anthony Brown a good quarterback is a fair question. Can the defensive line be rebuilt? That's a really important question. I don't know. But here's the here's the, sort of along the same lines of Wake Forest. Why it, why is Steve Adazio on the hot seat? Because they want more. Is it fair to ask? I, they've won what seven games? Like exactly seven games? Like four four of the five years he's been there or five. They've been a competitive football program that goes to bowl games. They have had hit pockets of better, greater success in the past 30, 40 years. I'm just, I'm being dealt with. I'm, I'm answering your pocket, question. I, I mean, I, the Matt Ryan okay. years, the Flutie years. Tom O'Brien went to bowl games, but was basically Steve Adazio plus something. They, they're sort of like Pitt. They have, the, life in the ACC is far more difficult for them than it was in the Big East because they competed yeah, against like schools where it's hard to recruit kids to Boston. And there's not a lot of local players there. So I think the defensive line depth chart wise is the biggest question for Boston College. Um, I think the more interesting question is: Is Anthony Brown a good quarterback? I think so. He got hurt last year. It was in the Clemson game. Um, you know, obviously AJ Dillon's one of the. And that, you know, they got that was a great recruiting find. Was he committed to Michigan at one point? I'm not sure. Oh, well, I'll have to double check. On yeah, that. but like he, he was a great. You know, they'll have a good a, offensive a high, line. A high three star who turned out to be great. They're they'll, still going to pound the football and run the football. With right. A good, good line scrimmage. Right. They're they're one of those. You know, I, I think if you if you ask the average college football fan to look up like Boston College record over the past five six years, they'd be surprised how much they have won. That's what, that's, yeah, that's kind of my point I don't think of they why get any respect nationally, but they're so. Then why are Boston routinely? College fans? Because they want a little bit more than going seven and six every year. Or, you know, four and four in the ACC. I'm with you with those resources and that geographic recruiting base. I don't know if you can ask for more than that. So I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, um, that's my question. All right. I like old Adazio. He's got dudes. Yeah. He's got dudes up front. Just dudes. Virginia. Oh. Can they survive? Hang on, hang on. I'm take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Can, you weren't shorts for all full yeah, disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just I'm still better. fully clothed. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Can they survive an injury to Bryce Perkins? Is he the most important I know player the, in the league? I know the answer to that question. What? The answer is no. Okay. Brennan, Brennan Armstrong's a backup. He re- played four games last year, took advantage of the new red shirt rule. Point being, I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence is great. There's better players, but is there a more important player, more valuable player to his team than Bryce Perkins? Probably not. Um, I think the defense is going to be really good. I think Bryce Perkins is the most underrated quarterback in America. I think the coaching staff has done a fantastic job. At, at Virginia, I think they're the team to beat. My question, and and you could again, we could get into the depth chart here and look at the offensive line and the defensive line and say, are, can they compete in the trenches against the big boys? My question is, can they finish? Can they finish? Because they won some, they've won a lot of football games the last two years. They lost three games last year by a single score. They lost in overtime twice. They Virginia lost, Tech game was brutal. They lost by ten to Pittsburgh and fourteen to NC State. So that's five games. The, the, all five losses last year. When you look at the the the, the schedule in the regular season and you go, all right, what, what is it? What is it that they need to do extra? What's the next thing that Virginia needs to do? And again, you lose by four at Indiana and you finish the season with a three point overtime loss to Georgia tech and a three point overtime loss to Virginia tech. Also a long streak of losses to Virginia tech losing to Pittsburgh by 10 and NC state by 14. Uh, you got to finish. And if you can finish games, you can flip three of those into wins and all of a sudden be at 10 or 11 wins. Yep. And in, w- in which case, we'd be looking at an, AC- at an ACC title game that is far more interesting if Bryce Perkins is fully healthy, a dynamic guy that can go against Clemson. I think Virginia's the second-best team in, in the conference, and I think their defense and their quarterback gets them there. I think they finish games this year, but that's what I don't know about Virginia. 
Has there been a more random bowl game score than 28 nothing over South Carolina in the Belk Bowl? Just I think every Belk Bowl <laughs> falls random. into that category. As long as they didn't have no, any players I think, arrested for stealing at Belk in the Belk Bowl. Look up like the 1975 Sun Bowl or something like that. There, there was like a – look up the history of the Sun Bowl and tell me like a – I want to say it was like an Oklahoma UCLA or something that seriously yeah that How was like that was like it was like three to two or like three to nothing no it was Pittsburgh yeah that's more recent Stanford that was like a few years ago no 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 okay maybe it was a few years ago look it up I'll I'll tie it into the ACC but just look up the scores of the of the Sun Bowl for me because you asked is there a more two thousand and eight Oregon State beat Pitt three nothing oh that's the worst that's close to the seventies <laughs> two thousand and eight. 2008, 3-0, Pittsburgh over Oregon State. Yes. That is the most random score in the history no, of Oregon. Games. Hey, let's give credit where credit is due. Oregon State won the game. Oh, it was 3-0 Oregon State. Yes. The year before that, that when, Oregon scored 56 points in that game. So the end zones did work. You know, we didn't mention this about Pat Narduzzi at Pittsburgh, but speaking of Pittsburgh, he has outlasted all of the other three coaches before him combined. So there is some stability there yeah. if you want to go down that path. And he just got a big, I think, prior yeah, to last year, maybe ex- yeah. extension. So um, right. where you're, are you going? You're up. Oh, I, I thought that was my question. Okay, Virginia Tech. I'm going to go Virginia Tech. Defense took a major, major step back last year under Bud Foster. We know now that this e- is going to be... Easily the worst yards per play average of his career. We know now that this is going to be his last year as the defensive coordinator at Virginia Tech. What does his swan song look like at Virginia Tech? And, and as, as a combo question, how do we view this coaching staff? Justin Fuente came in with a lot of fanfare, a lot of upside, a lot of weaponry on offense in Memphis and all these fancy, you know, cool offensive things. And then he won some games early at Virginia Tech, and we all thought very highly of him. He hasn't developed any stars on offense, and Bud Foster's defense was one of the worst he's ever had. What, how do we view this coaching staff at the, year, at the end of the year? My question similar. Justin Fuente, were we, were we wrong? Like, you, you, so much benefit of the doubt from the Memphis days, the early – Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech days, supposedly like a quarterback whisperer. Not really. Josh Jackson was okay. He's a freshman, excuse me. Transferred. Ryan Willis is average. Like you said, where, no, where, where's, where's the, where's where the, the playmaker? playmakers? They were bad on first downs last year, which a lot of that's kind yeah. of play calling and, and scheme and all that stuff. One thing that concerns me about them, all six of their regular season losses came by 10 points or more. You're talking about Virginia, close losses. The opposite for Virginia Tech weren't as competitive as, you, as you'd like to see from this team. They had to what route? They had to beat Marshall to get bowl eligible, and they lost to Cincinnati in the bowl game. Not a lot mm-hmm. of momentum. That being said, they could still win the you know the, the coastal. I'm I with I'm with you. Virginia's a better team. I think right. Miami has maybe more overall talent, but we picked Virginia Tech second in the coastal. It's just wide open and yeah. maybe too much benefit of the doubt to the staff. Well, still. and and we have them nationally. We have them what 25, 26, and twenty eight, right? Yeah. Virginia, Virginia right, Tech, right, and Miami, all right there. basically yeah. all the same. I think I think. I think we undersold Virginia a little bit in our rankings. I think I'd probably move them up four or five spots. Might, um, agree, might agree with that. Um, uh, speaking of Miami, let's talk about the U. My question this is... This is my turn. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. Then don't talk about the U. Okay, I've got... Um, this is your last chance. I know. Is it my last chance you? Um, no. I, I can't... You, I, oh, Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that team. Yeah. I love the hire, by the what way. What will this offense look like? They, hey, they, look, they, read my first well, line of my piece of paper. It's not read like, the first line of my piece of paper up there. What will the offense look like? You know what? It doesn't take rocket science to come for that to be like the. Uh, well, it's because it's the most bizarre transition from philosophy to philosophy ever. They threw a combined 369 passes over the last five years. <laughs> Washington State and Ohio State threw more last year. 
<laughs> then five years. So uh, Tobias Oliver and Lucas Johnson are the quarterbacks there. I, they, what are they going to do? Yeah, how long will how it will take, yards be gained? How long will it take for the personnel and the philosophies to mesh? Right, like that's that's the question. Because I actually really like the hire of Jeff Collins. I think I know, agree. In-state guy was a big time, big part of their their better seasons. Right, he was there for the Joe, Joe Hamilton years. He was there for the the Cal, I believe he recruited the the Derek Morgan you know recruiting class um, that that he was there. I love. I really like the hire. He can eat at Waffle House every night. So I I think. I just don't know how long it's going to take for the personnel and the philosophy to match up. Uh, my question for the U is, will the linebacking core be wasted? That, that's sort of, sort of like my Mississippi State question. Well, the about defense, la- that was yeah. about last year, but they have yeah. arguably – I mean, again, I'm not going to say that it's Jonathan Vilma and DJ Williams good, but those guys are amongst the best linebackers in America, and they've played a ton of football together. I, I trust – that Manny Diaz has enough bodies, especially because now they're the tr- now they're, now it's not last chance you it's transfer you now down there at, at, in Miami. Um, they've got a lot of bodies on the defensive line. I think they'll find some people, but the secondary is a big question. I, you know, I know quarterbacks a bigger question, and I know there's some 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 issues there. But I, like I kind of I just want to like are we going to look at these linebackers at the end of the year and just like see exhausted guys with millions of tackles and they've given, given up too many points? Like are they, is that group of linebackers going to get wasted? Yeah, very fair. The, the obvious. Other question is, can they get the quarterback position right, which they have not had in several years? You know, Nikosi Perry, I didn't mention his name, but I said that, um, who was it? Was it Kenny Pickett had the lowest, the second lowest yards per attempt of any starter in the ACC? Right. Well, Nikosi Perry was the only quarterback behind him among qualifiers. Tate Martell coming in, evidently hasn't set the world on fire in the offseason. You know, we'll find out camp starting. Our, our scouting report in the magazine, though, says that he's clearly the best option on the campus, though. So. That's, I think that's a shot at what they what else is right. there too no, no question so Here, here's a question for you on them who, who do you trust more dan enos who's the offensive coordinator or manny diaz danny uh are we talking manny diaz as the head coach or uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's both it's it's defensive coordinator and i mean head, head I, I, coach. I think, I think who do I, you trust more to do their job this dan year? enos he's, he's a proven okay. offensive coordinator did a great job at arkansas was not the did a good job at arkansas i shouldn't say great job was part of the Alabama staff. Could have been the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Probably should have been. And, um, oh, I mean, probably should have been last year. Yeah, but would have been this year, yeah. by all accounts, and chose yeah. to go to Miami. Hey, where's bleeping Dan? <laughs> Isn't that the quote from yeah. Saban? Yeah, except he didn't say bleeping. Oh. You did. Well, yeah. Because you respect We have a clean label on, our, on, our, on, uh, on the evaluation of our well, podcast. What's our mar- – like, do we have a lot of kids between ages like four and eight listening to us, you I, think? I doubt it. I would like to do a – a podcast where we can use actual language though like i, I what's the we, what's, we have a brand to maintain because because we have a brand because we're like with athlon yeah we have a brand okay I mean, and and like you know i know my wife's not going to listen to my children so my mom like, listens well that then you're there you go i know no, no chance I s- yeah tell mom to stop listening Unsub- know, yeah. un- smash that unsubscribe button mom well no keep like listen just turn the volume down we want we want the credit for the download i would like to talk like a south park character if i was allowed to that's the worst language in the history of the world yes i know also incredibly funny can i talk like beavis i'm not you do love beavis and butthead love me some beavis and butthead (laughs) i recently watched a clip for the first time in a while and i i laughed out my south park and simpsons is your beavis although i was pretty big into the cornholio as well (laughs) don't don't repeat that uh last one here uh duke and here's my question about duke be nice. Don't be. No, no, no. Here's yeah. my question about Duke. Solid I, program. I like the quarterback. I do too. I Qu- think Quentin Harris, right? I like he. I like the quarterback. Had to come in reserve last year. 
I, played well. They got nine returning starters on defense. The head coach is amongst the most well-respected coaches in America. Here's my honest question about Duke that I don't know. How healthy will they be after playing Alabama? Because they play Alabama week one, and we have seen Alabama. Mentally and physically. Healthy. We have literally seen Alabama destroy seasons in week one. Looking at you, Florida State. Like, we've literally seen teams walk out of a game against Alabama and be worse <laughs> for yeah, the rest of the year. It happened to Vanderbilt. They came in here and was like 50-something to nothing at halftime. How, how healthy are they? I, I think they should rest their starters against Alabama. Because I think Maybe this like, – I kind of like the team. Their starters yeah, in week I, one. I kind of like the team. I do. Yeah. But if Quentin, if Quentin Harris gets hurt or if they lose some guys on defense, they don't have a lot of depth is my point here. I like Duke's starting lineup. I don't like their depth. And if they lose a couple of guys against Alabama, yeah, that could be the season. I've got a game for you. September 14th, you go down to Murfreesboro, watch one of your alma maters host uh, Duke. You're Only th- if they're healthy. Right. I don't want to watch them <laughs> if these guys are all destroyed by Alabama. Yeah. If Raquan Davis eats three of them, what are we supposed <laughs> to do? That would be great. They just, <laughs> I'm just worried about their health and safety. Yeah. Quentin Harris didn't make the trip. Is he hurt, Coach? No, he no, he looked great in practice <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> oh, if they just rested their starters? Yeah. Oh, how good would that be? Actually, we'd like uh, we we want Quentin Harris to be healthy for the other eleven games of the season. So we we actually put him, he's on the bench. Um, he's he's wearing a non contact jersey <laughs> yes. for the Alabama game. Wait, um, could you start him and put him in a non contact jersey? <laughs> you could try. Yeah, see see how that would go. Yeah, I don't think that would go over well. Yeah, Saban and Pete Golding. Two Pete Golding references on the show today. In in, in an ACC pod. Yeah, it's all right. It's gold. Okay. It's Golding. What, stop. What uh? What else you got? Any other questions? Uh, no, I think we let's be sure we hit every team, right? Uh, we got every team. The, the question, I, I, I think. I mean, the overriding question is, Lee, can anyone even make Clemson sweat? Because right. they, they went undefeated last year. Do you yeah. have their schedule pulled up from two years ago by any chance to find out when, where the Syracuse loss was? I want to say they're like, if you include championship games, I want to say they. I think it was midseason. I was, yeah. in, I was in Memphis, Tennessee watching I, it. I want to say they've won eight, nine, ten. I want to say they've won like 11 or 12 ACC games in a row, maybe more. I don't. I didn't. I should have looked this up and prepared for it. But I mean, it was can't get more mid-season than mid-October. How many ACC games after losing to Syracuse? One, two, three. Because they were nine four, and zero last year. Three regular season, and then they so thirteen. Yeah. So thirteen well, consecutive, they, including two ACC championship games. Yeah. So they have beaten the league. They've, they've beaten the shorts off the league for the last thirteen games. Can anyone make them sweat? I, I think that's the question. And Certainly, all eyes will be on their trip um, to uh, Syracuse week three, right? Is it a Friday night, or is it a, just a standard? I think it's standard, but it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. That is for sure. Also, uh, ACC Network, what's that going to look like? They're going to churn out tons of content for fans. I think that's going to be really cool, and they set it up well. I, I, one question I have is how will it be received in the first three or four weeks of the season? They're putting good games. Do we get it on DirecTV? I know they're having trouble not, with their – I don't have DirecTV. Oh, I'm so. sorry, yeah. I am an Xfinity guy. Do you have it? Will you have it? I don't know. I know they're having some – August 22nd, right? Yeah, so I have not seen – by the way, local – I don't know if other parts of the country are having this locally. Channel 2, ABC affiliate not coming in on DirecTV. Oh, I'm, I'm aware. That's why I tell people to switch to Xfinity. <laughs> we we got to stop talking about this because this is literally what people get paid to talk about. So okay. We should stop. I want Because there's ABC. some Fox Sports issues too on some, okay. on some other providers. So there you go. So no one's not you're gonna not, you're gonna miss Herb Street every single weekend. Oh well. You know what though? That's usually not the best game. That, that's uh, that's a that is the worst sour grapes in the history of sour it's, grapes. No, I, look at the ABC game versus the ESPN. 
not, games. Not, or the Fox games. Or the Fox games. Oh, not true. I'm gonna for the next part. I'm gonna pull up the when, ABC when, games. When, when Purdue destroys Ohio State, it happens in front of Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler. That ended up being a <laughs> memorable night. They do but great games on the A. They they don't put Fowler and Herbstreit on bad games. That's ridiculous. But they don't have the SEC game. They don't have a usually a big like Foxes always have his great Saturday night game. They all SEC. have great games. They're all great games. If you are an SEC homer, myself, you might like watching well, I, the SEC games better. I find myself <laughs> when I'm not at a game finding the ES, watching the ESPN or the Fox game more than the ABC game, and I like Herb, like I like that announcing team. So it's not like yeah. I try to stay away from them. Um, all right, anything else ACC wise? I don't think uh, other than the network launching. There's not like, everything's very. Uh, yeah, and, and who's the second best I think, team? I think somebody... Florida State is going to be a fascinating storyline. Yeah, no question. Because it's Florida State and, and Kendall Wild stepping in. I'm rooting so hard for Virginia to be like 10-2 and two going into the championship game and and to break the streak against Virginia Tech. I used to even kind of like Virginia Tech now. I just, I just love Bryce Perkins. I like Mendenhall. I like that whole yeah, – I, wanted, I, I wanted, like that combination. I wanted uh, – just between me and you, I wanted to go to Virginia because I wanted to become a big Virginia fan. Like their basketball team's good. They're, I like well, I like their football team now, and give me a, give me a reason to like. Yeah, that Tony team. B knows what he's doing. There's yeah. no question about so. that. So, all right, anything else? Thanks for uh, continuing along and embarking on our. We know yeah, we don't forward, know. Camp really looking tour. forward to the season. Uh, we haven't really talked about it yet, but we're going to continue with our twice a week podcast. We're going to have a recap very early Monday, and then uh, a, yeah, a, well, yeah, coming up uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. And, a, yeah. and previews on Wednesday, right? We'll get started. Yeah, we don't ha- we haven't officially nailed down that schedule yet but yeah we do it twice a week we're gonna big season, off-site, so. off-site management meetings are we gonna well, no it's a team building exercise okay. you and i are gonna go drink beer how about we should have a cover two top golf oh just you and me yeah i'll crush you it's i'm very good at the top golf. are you yeah okay because yeah, i don't have to i don't have to actually play the whole <laughs> swing hard i just know where to hit it okay um all right man uh for mitch light braden gall at athlon mitch at braden gall the acc we know what we don't know tour thanks for listening Take it easy, guys.